so we are joined by a very esteemed panel on this edition of Undefined with Josine Anderson, that being yours truly for episode nine. Uh, right now we have Ron Jaworski, you know, the former Eagles quarterback, great Cordell Stewart. You know, he played for the Steelers, another quarterback, great, and former NFL defensive end, Leger Duzable. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Great to be so, with you. Yes, 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 yes. So you guys all assembled for me on last minute notice. But listen, I had to create a conversation around this game last night in which the Seahawks defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 23 to 17. I wanted to have a quick conversation on the performance for Carson Wentz. So, Ron, I'm going to let you lead us off in terms of exactly where you think your former team is with regards to the quarterback position right now. In a single word, struggling. Uh, mm -hmm. Carson Wentz is not playing well. He did not play well last night. The first five possessions and in the three and out, that is not all on him, but he certainly has to play better. And, and Carson has enormous talent, enormous talent. We've seen him play MVP style of football. This season, he has not had a solid game in 11 games. And, and I'm sure the think tank, the Philadelphia Eagles, is wondering, is this the guy we're going to ride for the rest of the season? and into the future. It's been a collapse for Carson Wentz. I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz. I think he has enormous talent. Something is not connecting. He's not seeing the field with clarity. He's making mistakes. And the coaching staff, in my opinion, has not set him up for success. The mm -hmm. Eagle team abandons the run when you have a terrific running back in Miles Sanders, averaging 5.7 yards per carry. They run the ball, they get stopped, they abandon the run and put too much pressure on Carson Wentz. And watching the game last night, I called the game for Westwood One, and I've been very specific about watching this Eagles offensive line. There's too much pushing, not blocking, not coming off the ball, not protecting Carson Wentz, and not giving the running backs areas to run. It was a bad performance last night by the Eagles offense. Cordell, what's your opinion about uh, Carson right now? Well, the, the crazy thing about it is I was enamored with Carson Wentz, every bit of what took place prior to 2017's injury. Uh, the Coliseum and you know you don't see that anymore you know rightfully so the injury could have stagnated I think his progress and his growth uh, just because of the the natural instincts of being able to play the way he we once saw him play uh, but it's affecting him right now rather it be because of things that Josh just mentioned which just the inability of I think staying on the football field if you think about it last night in that game against the Seahawks there were 14 the first 14 first downs that were made mm -hmm. the eagles had nothing to do with it it was the seattle seahawks every single time so that basically means they're not having an opportunity to stay on the football field and if you think about how they are when it comes down to third down conversions they only convert 30 percent. so it really puts them on the heels so to speak to now force the defense and if you live in the state of pennsylvania <laughs> and you play for two professional football teams, whether it's the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Philadelphia Eagles. You will hear every conversation but the right one uh, when it comes to you not having success. And and you would think it would be able to stay suppressed, if you will, for a while because it just came off winning the Super Bowl uh, not so long ago. Uh, but Philadelphia is back in rare form when it comes to uh, the success, uh, the anticipation of greatness and wanting their team to succeed. And right now, Carson Wentz is doing everything but that. Well, you always have snappy comments on Twitter, <laughs> and I know you were watching that game intently. Yeah. Um, were you surprised that they didn't use Jalen Hurts more, and what did you see from Carson? 
Well, I wasn't surprised they didn't use Jalen Hurts more. I mean, you have a $100 million quarterback. You have to see what you have in that. And the, the word that comes to mind when you think about Carson Wentz this year is regression, right? It's It's been a long time since we've seen the progression that, he, that we saw in 2017 before the injury when the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl. And I think Jaws made a good point. This team is not really helping them out, the coaching staff. You you have a good running back in Miles Sanders, and you not, do not use him. Yes, teams are stacking the boxes because they believe that your receivers can't beat man coverage. And we saw that last night. The receivers cannot get off the press. And that was a, that was a Seahawks secondary that was on pace to give the most passing yards in NFL history. And these receivers can't get off the press. So I'm not saying it's all Carson Wentz's fault, but a lot of it is. I, I'm not a big stats guy, but something was telling last night. And, Josh, you can attest to this. Carson Wentz only completed four passes over 15 yards. Mm. That's ridiculous. That's telling for your offense when your quarterback only completes four passes that travel over 15 yards. And two of those passes came on that last drive when they scored. And Seahawks were more of a prevent defense. And he missed some throws. I mean, Dallas Goddard, if he hits them in stride twice, I believe he has two explosive plays and two touchdowns. The one when uh, Brooks was on him and linebacker, and he runs that seam. If you put air on that ball where he can run up under that, that's an easy touchdown. Also, I believe Jamal Adams was supposed to be in man coverage against him one time with single high safety. He blitzed because he missed on Goddard, and Goddard did a quick swim move. If he hits him in stride, he has the open field to make a move on Diggs and potentially gets a touchdown. Those are throws you have to make. And also that Alshon Jeffrey throw. You have to know what type of receiver you have. He's not a blazer. Just put that ball on a, on a streamline. That's a 20-plus yard play. These are the explosive plays that they had gotten in the past, but they're not really getting. Also, injuries do play a factor, right? We've talked about the offensive line. They've been banged up all year. You lose Lane Johnson, a pro bowler. You lose Brooks, a pro bowler. I believe Jason Kelsey hasn't played up to par what he's done in the past. But the offensive line out there, as John said, they're pushing people around. They're not really holding on to blocks. You put Jason Peters in a no-win situation, this guy hasn't really played guard, and you put him in there to protect, protect your, your, your $100 million quarterback, you're not going to have success. Yes, you know, Carson Wentz has struggled this year, but a lot of it's on the coaching staff. I saw some things that he did well last year, moving. He's a mobile quarterback. Get this guy mm-hmm. on the run, some bootlegs. This mm-hmm. guy, last night, when you get him outside the pocket, he can make throws. But the mm-hmm. coach staff is doing him no favors. Yeah. Hey, Lachar, I'd like to comment on, on Jalen Hurts. Jocini asked that question. Yeah. Uh, I think right now, my personal opinion, it would be an injustice to yeah. Jalen Hurts to put him in this game. And, and I say this because of this season that we are enjoying or maybe not enjoying, depending on what team you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has incredible talent. Mm-hmm. This year, unprecedented with COVID. He's had no offseason. He's had no training camp. He's had no preseason where he could learn his craft in a real game. Uh, they're using him now to run a couple zone reads uh, like Slash used to do in his day, you know, to get acclimated to the game. I, and I think it would be a disservice to him to put him in there and say, you're our guy. This is a very complex game in quarterback in the NFL. And I think he needs to have that training camp, that offseason to learn the system and learn how to play big boy football in the NFL. So I am not one of those guys. So yeah, put Jalen Hurts out there. Mm, I think it's okay. hurt him more than help him. Okay, Cordell. Well, Jalen Hurts to me, on Jalen, yeah, Jalen Hurts to me is is similar to what I was doing back uh, when I had the opportunity to play. The only difference was I had a chance to play receiver. So I had a chance to to hear the play from Neil O'Donnell multitude of times, run the run routes, block, 
come in and play quarterback at times to where when my opportunity came, I had a chance to know all the guys up front on the offensive line. I had a chance to know my receivers. So I got a chance to get acclimated, as Josh was mentioning. He can, I'm more than sure Jalen Hurts is strong enough to deal with the naysayers and all the boobers that we know take place in the Philadelphia mm-hmm. area when it comes to not having success. But to get him on the field right now to think he's going to be the answer, I don't think you apply that type of pressure on him. I think the guy that you gave the $100 plus million to allow him to go out and try to figure it out. Worst case scenario, if the business is the front office, make a decision to want to make a move to get something for him. You have Jalen Hurts sitting there in the wings to give him an opportunity to take over the helm to have a chance to get this team back to relevance. So this is what I want to talk about the mentality of Carson Wentz. And I want to preface this by saying, I believe that Carson Wentz is a good guy. I believe that he is a fighter. I I believe that he possesses a skill set that can be successful in the NFL. What I am concerned about is what I feel like I'm observing with regards to his mentality in the game since, you know, some of the injuries that he's incurred since Nick Foles in a unique situation, your backup has won the Super Bowl. When I'm watching him, sometimes I feel like his heart rate is moving faster than his mental processing on the field. Sometimes it feels like he still has some sort of yips as far as the panicking because of the pressure that is mounting on his shoulders. And I just think it's interesting now that more people in the media and in Philadelphia seem to be um, you know, describing Carson Wentz with more of a, a kind of a clear-eyed view on where his game is when people were talking about this in the organization going back to last year and even the year before, I almost feel like there's a little bit more of an, and this is maybe just me, but based on comments that I've made, there's more of an acceptance in terms of saying it, but just be clear, people have been noticing this regression uh, for a while. I think the NFL put up some stats today with regards to his passer rating. He's had a precipitous drop in his passer rating from this year, where it is 73.4 compared to the previous three seasons, where it was 98.3. We mentioned that he's leading in interception sacks and incompletions that are off target. And I believe in the last show, we also talked about Seth Walder making this point about how uh, when there are uh, uh, defenders that are coming at him uh, that are no more than four, and he has a minimum of 2.5 seconds, his QBR still in, in that um, in that uh, situation is still, at least as of last week coming into this game, was still NFL worse for the people that want to completely put it on the offensive line. So what I want to ask you all and put it to the panel is, what do you see in terms of his mental confidence and his mental stability throughout the game when he's not just coming back and the expectation seems lower and then he seems even more so in my mind to rise in those situations? Uh, I, I'll, I'll count on that and, and how mm-hmm. I feel about this after watching mm-hmm. all 11 games of Carson mm-hmm. Wentz this year. And usually when you when you look at the tape, which uh, I'm, I for, fortunately or unfortunately look at every single week, there's been good weeks and bad weeks, defenses usually show you what they think. It's irrelevant what we think. What does the defense think? And I gave an example of last night. Carson had 54 dropbacks. The Seattle Seahawks blitzed him 25 times. Mm. Almost half the time they blitzed him. So that tells me what Ken Norton Jr. was thinking, get this guy playing fast, pick his tempo up. That's when he will struggle. 
And against the blitz, his passer rating was only 57 last night. When they didn't blitz, it was 84. So what the defense does, it tells you what they are thinking. They think they have to get Carson Wentz to play fast, and that's when he gets in trouble and he doesn't see the field with clarity and doesn't get rid of the ball quick and has a tendency to hang on the football. He's been sacked 46 times this season. Now, I can pull my chart out, and I could probably guarantee you half of those are on Carson Wentz or the backs in the backfield that have blocking responsibility. It's easy to say you get sacked offensive line's problem. That is not always the problem. Right, now, holding the ball, too. The line, yeah. But don't always blame the old line. It's a quarterback holding the ball. It's receivers not re- uh, reading a hot. They ran a bubble screen yesterday, and no one ran a bubble screen. The offensive line's going – the wide receiver blew the route. He runs a go route when he's supposed to be running a bubble screen. You can't do those things. Those are mistakes that kill a football team. So, yeah, you can blame you can blame the quarterback, but also there's a lot of other people involved as well. But, Leger, are you seeing what I'm seeing in terms of a quarterback that seems to be, you know, you know, panicking? Even that interception that he threw, I believe on that sequence, that's what I was tweeting about. On that same sequence, he had a ball that was under – two that were over. I believe he had a pass completion on the right-hand side to a running back. I, I don't remember. And then the next uh, completion was from the other team, which was an interception. It's. I, I'm just like, I, what, what, do you see panic? I, I'm trying to even put words to it. I wouldn't say panic, but shaky for sure. And, and mm-hmm. as Charles just stated, when you've been sacked that many times, you start seeing ghosts, right? And uh, Charles said it perfectly. Defensive coordinators no, they we have to get Carson Wentz thinking ahead of schedule, get get the ball out of his hands quick. But I think that's in part two to the receivers not getting any separation, too. I think defensive coordinators know that their DBs can lock onto the receiver because they don't really have the speed as Philadelphia used to have. Like you really couldn't back in the day really, you know, put put hands on Deshaun Jackson because if you miss it was a touchdown. Jeremy Macklin, you couldn't really put hands on him at the line of scrimmage because if you missed him in press coverage, it was a touchdown. Who on that who in the receiving core is scaring you right now? Like Travis Fogum is a, is a good story. He's a good 50-50 jump ball guy. You know, Alshon uh, Jeffrey is a good – And he know, was doing well, though, at the beginning of the season more. He was, and they really yeah. didn't feed him the ball. They haven't really fed him the ball the last two weeks, and I don't know why. Maybe because Dallas, Dallas Gardner got back, and they've been trying to get him going. But they've been trying to get regular the ball more and more, and he's just a rookie. So he's he's learning as the, the season goes on because, as Josh said, he was a rookie. Was he, he didn't get any of the, the, the offseason. So this guy is learning as he goes, and he missed a couple games with injury. So nobody on that receiving core really scares defensive coordinators. So they, so as John says, we're going to blitz you five, six men, and we're going to man coverage, yep. single high safety. And, and if you've proved that your receivers can beat us, we'll, we'll live with that. But right now, through 11 weeks, they haven't proven that. So defensive but, coordinators aren't uh-huh. scared. So it's it's partly Carson Wentz, as, as, as John said. He missed, he missed some wide open throws that mm-hmm. he didn't go to his first uh, read when it was there, and he held yeah. the ball and took some sacks. So 100%, that's on Carson Wentz. There's a couple of times he missed Dallas, Dallas guarded for five, six yard, you know, uh, quick hitch route that, that keeps you ahead of the six. You're looking at six, uh, second and four right there instead of uh, second and 10 because you have an incomplete pass or you, you're looking at first and 15 because you took a sack and held the ball. You have to get the ball out of your hands when receivers are open, but his receivers actually have to get open too. I understand that, but Cordell, jump in here because I feel like you still have to play with what you have. Okay, and you all mentioned the size of his contract at the beginning of this conversation. So if your receivers are not getting separation, part of that is the quarterback creating time 
so that they can have movement. You know what I'm saying? And there's some times where I don't feel like Carson is working the pocket like he should in order to create that. And some of that is the play calling too, in terms of injecting the creativity in order to create what you need. You can come before the game and after the game and constantly put up this list of what you don't have and what you do have. Any team can do that. The fact of the matter is you're in the NFC East. You have a great opportunity to make something happen and game after game after game you're not so what i'm saying is just cordell touch on his point real quick in terms of the receivers not getting open as a quarterback aren't there some things that you have to do to kind of also help that so somebody can go left someone could go right someone can come north south and so that you can make the completion because you're not gonna pass it to yourself or maybe right. <laughs> yeah yeah but but you know the thing is 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 expression in the national football league as far as expectations are concerned when guys are open you have to hit them Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's and that's that's I mean, there's a slant I think I saw to the left side to the top of the screen that Carson Wentz where he missed him. He was wide open and he missed him and threw the ball in the ground and, and in front of the player. You still have to make those plays. But I like to go back, you know, even mm-hmm. though I, I get we need to have this receiver, we need to have this type of offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go in these meeting rooms, you're in these meeting rooms for all intended purposes to make this thing work. And And there are answers in the system that you're running and the answers are to do the best you can individually to bring it together collectively to try to make it work out mm-hmm. well, let me be quarterback clear. can get too uh-huh. much love when things are mm-hmm. yep yeah you get too much love uh, uh when things are working and you get pretty much all the blame when things aren't working <laughs> so well, co- for mm-hmm. me i think when, when you when you look at carson wentz it's important to me when it comes to his pocket presence let's just yep. get to that Right, yep. because he yep. seems like he's there's a there's a tremendous amount of anxiety, if you will. Yes. Whether yeah. it's because of what we had opportunity to see Nick Foles do and how calm he was in the pocket, to where now we get a chance to really analyze this kid that we brought in as a second pick behind Jared Goff in the National Football League, and we're saying, okay, does he have the capabilities of mm-hmm. leading us to a championship, based on what we've had opportunity to see from uh, uh, from a Nick Foles? And and he's gone now. He's not here. And we gave all this money to. So now it, it makes you a tremendous amount of questions. But I think if they can get back mm-hmm. to the basics of the game of football, right? Mm-hmm. As y'all alluded mm-hmm. to earlier, they're averaging five yards per rush when it comes to mm-hmm. running the football. They need to get back to the ground and pound, keep the ball on the field, create some play action passes, not try to be elaborate and think that Carson Wentz can come out and be cool as Nick Foles was. Mm-hmm. and just allow him to play within himself and within what they have around them. And sometimes when you're in the matrix, you don't know what pill to take, the blue or red one. Sometimes <laughs> you just need to take both of them and see what happens. Well, it's Cordell, it's, 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 interesting, it's interesting that you say in terms of simplify the game because going back to some of the comments that people were making last year, they were talking about the need to simplify. They were talking about the need not to just focus in on one person, you know, and, and these are not my comments. These are just some of the things I'm just hearing in, in, in the building. And then just going back, I want to make it very clear that I do agree that Carson Wentz should be the starter, especially when you're still competitive in the division. However, Jaws, I do feel like the package for Jalen Hurts should increase from just the standpoint of what you're doing is not working. So because if at the end of the day, you're still getting losses, you know, maybe there's something else you can do to create wins. And you do have this weapon. And part of the job of the offensive coaching staff is to figure out a way to interject that creativity where you're not also disrupting the rhythm of of either 
and, 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 and Jaws, if you could also elaborate your thoughts right now on how you feel Doug Peterson is coaching and calling the games relative to where he was when they were in their Super Bowl year. Well, I, I, I think the whole entire offensive staff has done a terrible job. It, 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 it's that simple to me. There, there is enough talent on the Eagle offensive team to be better than three, seven, and one. Now, we always focus on the quarterback. As Cordell said, we get too much credit or we get too much blame. Right now, mm -hmm. the blame is coming on Carson Wentz. When, when you look at, at this offense, it's pass happy. 67% pass, fifth most passes in the National Football League. When the offensive line, and, and, and I know I'm going to tick off a lot of offensive linemen, have gotten soft. They're leaning on people. They're coming in these two-point stances. It's hard to come off the ball in a two-point stance and block people. And offensive linemen don't like to be called soft. I would call them out and say they're soft. You've got to come off the ball and hit people. And basically, they love to do that. You know, offensive linemen hate dropping back and getting hit upside the mouth. They want to come out, come off the ball and hit somebody. And this is a, it's a good stable of running backs in Philadelphia. I just think they've gotten away from what the core of this football mm -hmm. team should be. Both guys on the show with me have said play action passing. Get the hey, my good when the safety start getting nosy near the line of scrimmage. When linebackers start hitting the running game, there are big holes in the secondary. That's when it's easy to play quarterback. Mm -hmm. But if you're one dimensional and defensive lineman, you know you're one dimensional, and they get in that jet technique and they come after the quarterback, that puts the offense at a tremendous disadvantage. Mm -hmm. You know, when teams play man to man, what I don't see is a lot of picks and rubs that other teams use in those third down situations. The Eagles are awful on third down. Going into last night, and I think Cordell even said they had a good night last night. They were at 30%, which is horrible, as we know. They were two for 21 the two games prior to last night. They've been pathetic on third down. You know, so you know why? Because they're getting in third and eight, third and nine. That's all I mean, that that is disaster down. You get but you know, John, it's interesting because I feel like part of the difference, you know, I almost feel like the swagger I've seen in Peterson's play calling is is not there. Um, and I feel like part of it is coming from this this macro sense that you feel just by even watching, not even need to being there of, in my opinion, having to coddle this situation with Carson, as opposed to reacting to either what it is you need to do in terms of simplifying the game, not being afraid to bench him or, or whatever it is. It just feels like this, like, Ooh, you know, we can't mess with the mentality, you know, of Carson. And I feel like it's just draining how everybody is operating. And, and I, I, the point that you made about wanting or needing to run the ball more, that's exactly what I was hearing last year. People complaining inside that they weren't, they're not running the ball enough. So I, I just think it's so interesting that all of these things are like front and center centerpiece for your Thanksgiving dinner, you know, for, you know, Carson Wentz now when we were just saying this stuff last year and even going back a little bit to the year before. Um, I wanted to ask you, Lajay, what do you think of, um, the the do you feel like he's being uh coddled Carson Wentz do you do you feel like there's a catering there well I wouldn't say they're they're catering to him because as John said they're not running the ball they're paying him a hundred plus million dollars they're like here we're giving you the offense <laughs> I mean catering to him by the sense of the fact that you're right that they aren't running the ball and that he's in there a lot even when he's struggling I mean I think at one point in the Cowboys game he had four turnovers in the second quarter yeah. and they went to win on they went on to win on that game but I, I'm just saying that that's what I mean by coddling. 
I think I think we've seen that Doug Peterson hasn't been as creative this year because he, I think he's a little bit worried about the turnovers that Carson Wentz has been doing on the field. So mm-hmm. I would say in that aspect, they're calling him and he might not expand the playbook as much as he has in the past with Nick Foles or even going back to 2017 when Carson Wentz was playing well. And I think it's because his confidence in him has been shaken because of the turnovers. We talked about it earlier in this podcast on, on fourth and two, you can't turn the ball over there. Right. I mean, I think it was a bad coaching decision. First and foremost, let's put that out there. You kick the field goal right there and give your chance a team to win the game. Because at that point, your defense was still playing really well. You're only down by one score and one two point conversion, which they adversely end up getting at the end of the game. So it could have been a, a totally different game. But I would say that Doug Peterson has scaled back the playbook uh, because his confidence in, in, in uh, Carson Wentz has been shaken. And it's been proven because of the way he's turned the ball over. You said it right. You said it perfectly, Justina. Everybody's dealing with injuries in the NFL. You have to play with what's out there. You're a $100 million quarterback. Go make it work. When there's throws to be made, you have to make them. My, my thing is this. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have coaches that want to run their systems. Mm-hmm. And you have coaches that want to play up to the talent that they have in their schemes, right? Or in their system. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't play to the ability of the players that you have around you, it's going to look like a foreign language when the guys get out on the football field. And right now, it doesn't look like anything that I've ever heard spoke or even can I understand when it comes to watching Carson Wentz from what we once saw before, which wasn't one that seemed as if he was forced to have to win the games. It seems as if it was predicated off the running game, play action pass, and his ability to move with his feet. That's one thing I have not been able to see him do as of lately, especially in particular this year, is him be able to use his legs like we once saw him do before. Yeah. And yeah. you have to now ask yourself this question, how does Jalen Hurts fit into the equation to help kind of suppress some of those deficiencies that we're seeing from Carson Wentz, which is one that made him dynamic, which is being able to move. Because if you see what Ken Norton has done to him in his last game, he's exposed him to the ninth degree. If we put pressure on him and make him have to throw the ball quick, he's going to turn into happy feet. He's going to be Carson happy feet. He's going to be rattled. He's going to seem anxious. He's going to be excited to, to throw an incomplete pass to a guy that's 10 yards in front of him that's wide open. Josh, you know this. Give me a hitch. Give me a slant. Yeah. Give yep. me a curl flat concept. Give me a couple go routes. You know, just just find the spots. Get some bootlegs in the game. Give me some QB draws. Exactly. You know, give me some tosses to get your fast runners on the perimeter. Uh, get some misdirection, some power plays with some pulling guards or whatever, some counters. And the funny thing about this, and the crazy thing of all, these still are in the mix of having a chance to win the East in the NFC. <laughs> and they're two crazy. and two right now in the division. It's crazy. They're a half the game NBA. out. So you can it, still it, get it, there. It, it, right. Well, like definitely. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, so for sure. I mean, you still can be excited because they still have time. Yeah, and I, you know, just kind of going real quick back to that Hurts thing, and then I want to end the conversation on this question. But the one thing I wanted to say about Jalen is that. You know, part of the reason why, you know, because people have talked about, oh, you know, when he initially came in, you know, he was there was more yards per play. I think, you know, you could see that in the game against Baltimore, you know, 11, you know, double digit, you know, yardage on on some of the runs and things that he had. But part of that, too, is the sample size of the Jalen Hurts package is small. So it is predictable. And then when you have him 
on the field and Carson Wentz is split out wide, it's a little bit easier to predict the defense, you know, more than half the time knows that that's going to be a run. So I think that give it a chance, in my opinion, it's like give it a chance to work by actually making it a little bit less predictable as far as what's happening when Jalen's on the field. And that comes with increased reps and increased looks as well. But the last thing I wanted to say with regards to, um, you know, the elite aspect, right? I feel as though, um, you know, when you look at the Kobe Bryants, you look at Michael Jordan's, you want to throw Aaron Rodgers in there. You want to throw Russell Wilson in there. You know, I feel that they have this DNA trait, this already inherent trait where regardless of what's going on in the game, regardless of what the situation is, they possess this inner belief that is not dependent upon positive feedback, positive results, positive things going on around you. It doesn't matter. And that's what I feel like I see at times is missing from Carson Wentz. So that if they are down by a lot and the expectation drops in the game and suddenly has an opportunity to rise, then it's like, yeah. Or if you know, the, 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 you know, you come into the game and there's all this pressure. I felt like I could feel the weight of the pressure on his shoulders in the beginning of the game. You could see his mind was working. And so Jaws and everybody else, when it comes to evaluating, even if you get four wins, five wins this season, what is the evaluation on Carson as your starter moving forward because if you don't get it right as you see with, with with what's going on in Chicago with the evaluation of Mitchell Trubisky and and having Mike Glennon as your starter ahead of him in 2017 it can set back your franchise tremendously so do you agree that he either has or has not that elite chip jaws and everybody else and what should they do with Carson moving forward well he must have lost that chip because he had it in 17 he doesn't have it in 20 he's clearly not not the same football player and there are a lot of people in the Eagles organization that are culpable as well and that was on display last night with DK Metcalf (laughs) he was available to the Philadelphia Eagles they chose (laughs) AJ Arcega Whiteside that hasn't (laughs) worked out very well this season, they drafted Jalen Rager, who I think eventually will be a good football player. They drafted him ahead of Justin Jefferson. So they have made mistakes in building the football team and giving mm. uh, Carson Wentz more weapons that can separate and give them big play. So there are a lot of people that are culpable in the Eagles organization for Carson Wentz's demise. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, Cordell? Yes. I, 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 I mean, what, so what I'm asking, just so you're clear, um, is that do you feel he's a, a elite and what should they, no, what should they no, do with him no. moving forward? Okay. No, at this present time, he's not. Uh, Jaws alluded to it a second ago. Yeah, at 17, he was playing on that level. I mean, he just yeah. caught the league. Uh, I don't want to say by surprise, but everyone was excited with what they saw. Uh, that's why he was drafted so high. But right now, no, he, he's not playing elite football. That's not even a part of his, his DNA at the present time. I think he's kind of a, a shell of himself, so to speak, in a sense of, of how he once played. He's just totally the opposite of it. Um, for me, with Jalen Hurts sitting in the wings, um, I would evaluate it for the next few weeks and, and figure out looking at my roster and saying, what is it, what are the needs? 
You know, we, we passed on the Metcalf or someone that was. At well, you know what the needs are. You know what the needs right. are. It's, it's time to make it's time to make some decisions. And you're right. You either got to put Jalen in there to make that decision or not. So I guess, you know, just kind of cut yeah. right to it, Cordell. Do you feel like, you know, he should be the starter next season? I think he should have an opportunity. Worst case scenario, compete for the opportunity. Worst case scenario. And I mean, it'd be wide open because he's deserving of it from the standpoint of his ability and how the game is played today. And I think what they need right now is that piece to the puzzle that can sometimes give you that it factor, which is what you were basically alluded to by talking about elite, which are those elite plays, being able to scramble for four or five yards to keep the drive alive. Because we don't need everything on one play. We just need to keep drives alive to where coaches can figure it out as they call the play, call the play as they're going down the field in certain drives. So I think he deserves, worst case scenario, an opportunity to compete for, for an opportunity to be a starter for that team. Okay, and Leger, do you feel like Carson possesses that elite chip to where he should remain your starter even going into next season? Right now, no, from what he's done this year. But I would say, I would echo what, what Jaws and Cordell said in 17, yes. And even I would say some glimpses of it last year in 18 when he, he kind of willed this team into the playoffs. What actually, I, I believe he had less than what he has this year as far as offensive skill position players. He willed that team last year to the playoffs. But this year, it's been such a big regression that right now, no, he's not elite. And and I think, it, like, it's like Cordell said, I think he does deserve a chance to compete. I'm not saying you pencil him in as your day one starter. I feel like if you can get a, a, a draft pick, you know, because right now the Eagles, like, they might be picking in the top 10 or, or the top 12. If there's a quarterback that falls to them that they feel that could potentially, you know, head up their franchise and take it into the next 10 years, then you draft them and you let those guys compete. And at worst, mm -hmm. You'll be able to use Carson Wentz as a trade bait and get some some draft capital back for him because how he's played this year is regressed so much from the end of last year and and seventeen that right now he's not elite at all. Well, just here's my capper. I feel like he has the will. I feel like he has the fight. I feel like he ha at times has performed elite, but I feel like all of those traits are codependent, and that is my final take. So I definitely appreciate for Ron Jaworski, Cordell Stewart, and Leger Duzable for joining us on this quick conversation on Carson Wentz with Undefined with Josina Anderson, that being yours truly. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me so quickly for this conversation. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Josina. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. All right, you, you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good to you guys. You as well. Okay.